Well, good morning, friends. This is our last podcast for February, Friday, February 26th. And today we're supposed to get the keys for our house, uh, close the deal and get moved. But we're just trusting God, whatever God has. We're just kind of willing to go along with that because he's in control and he knows better. Uh, Turn to Colossians chapter 2. We are in um, our series still. Um, And uh, I hope you're enjoying it. I thoroughly have enjoyed this series. But we're coming to a close here. This is for 42, so we have eight more after this. We'll go into March a little bit. Um, And then, I don't know, we'll find something else. Colossians chapter 2, 14 and 15. The 42nd reason the piper gives that Jesus died for us is a very important one. They all are, but this is very important. It's important to understand in the time we live in, he died and rose again to disarm the rulers and authorities. To disarm the rulers and authorities. Let's look at second, or excuse me, Colossians chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. It says, uh, by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands, remember he absorbed the wrath of God, he paid the price with his sacrificial death uh, to, um, to, to set us free. Uh, this is how he set aside nailing it to the cross. Uh, he disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Now, uh, this is important, and Piper covers this really well. Uh, really well in the Bible, rulers and authorities can refer to human governments as well. Remember, he made a mockery of them. Um, one scripture uh, in in the Book of Acts says, "If they would have known what what crucifying Jesus Christ uh, would have brought, they would have never done it." But in their human wisdom, they 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 were just driven to eliminate the problem and, and eliminating Christ, in a sense, uh, by killing him. They thought they eliminated the problem, only uh, exasperating the problem because he rose from the grave. But when we read here, uh, Piper goes on to say that on the cross, uh, Christ disarmed the rulers and authorities on the cross and put them to open shame and triumph over them. We should also think of the demonic powers that afflict the world. One of the clearest statements about this is found in Ephesians. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12. Many of you know the scripture well. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Stop right there. We have been in a all-out year of wrestling against flesh and blood, and many of us as Christians have lost sight of the fact that this is not a physical battle. It's a spiritual battle. We're, we're fighting against each other uh, based on our political position rather than standing for one another uh, as people who represent Jesus Christ. Now, should you have a, a, a political persuasion, um, you know there are things that are right, I believe, and there are things that are wrong, and you're gonna uh, you're gonna think things differently, maybe. But I'm not gonna divide from you based on my pol- political persuasion. I'm not gonna pray for you differently because you may not agree with me politically. Uh, there being maybe times where I'm upset, and there may be times when I'm in the flesh and I get angry. But uh, I'm gonna stand for what I believe the Bible says says is truth. And uh, but I'm going to stand for you as well and pray for you because I love you and because it's not a physical battle. 
It's a spiritual battle that we're fighting. And so he says, we need to understand that. Uh, verse six, or, excuse me, back to uh, Piper says, the Christians do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. You remember in Daniel when he prayed, and he prayed, and he prayed, and he prayed, and he prayed. And when the answer finally came, uh, the angel told him the, 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 the answer was sent on the first day you prayed. But there was such a spiritual battle going on that it took 21 days for the answer to take place. Most of us would have quit. Daniel did not, and the answer came. And the answer came and um, was provided, but it took a spiritual battle. Um, let's go back to Piper. It says, three times Satan is called the ruler of this world the ruler of this world. Um, just as Jesus was coming to the last hour of his life, he said this. Let's look at John chapter 12. Um, three times he's called the ruler of this world. People forget that this is a battle and this uh, world is a spiritual battlefield. Look at John chapter 12 and verse 31. Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. In his death and resurrection, he defeated the ruler of this world. Write down a couple more scriptures. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so they can't see the grace of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And John 14.30 as well, another place where he's called the ruler of this world. The death of Jesus, back to Piper, was the decisive defeat of the ruler of this world, the devil. And as Satan goes, so go all his fallen angels. All of them were dealt a decisive blow of defeat when Jesus died. Even when Jesus was was alive and he was dealing with uh, demon possession, you'll remember that on many occasions the demon says, have you come to torment us before the time? Even they knew, even they knew that there was a time coming when they would be tormented and the work would be finished. Uh, let's go on. Not that they were put out of existence. We wrestle with them even now. We wrestle with them even now. Even as believers in Jesus, in a post-resurrection Christ, in the power of the Holy Spirit that lives within us, we still wrestle with them. But they are a defeated foe. We know we have the final victory. The battle is won, but we must be careful of the damage that can still be done. In the death of Jesus, God was canceling the record of debt that stood against us, as we read in Colossians 2.14, with its legal demands. This was set aside. It was nailed to the cross. Our sin brought legal penalties and ramifications, and Jesus defeated sin. He nailed it to the cross, and he has set us free in Romans 8.1. Because of that, there's now, therefore, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Why? Because he won the victory for our sins. Amen to that. In other words, if God's law no longer condemns us because Christ canceled our debt, then Satan has no grounds to accuse us. No grounds to accuse us. He is the father of all lies, John 8, verse 44, I believe it says. Accusation of God's people was the devil's great work before uh, Christ. The very word Satan means, uh, write this down, Satan means adversary or or, or accuser. Um, but listen to what uh, happened when Christ died. Let's go to Revelation chapter 10. Revelation, not revelations, revelation. Train yourself to say that. I hear people all the time saying revelations. It's one revelation. 
Revelation chapter 12 and verse 10. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God has and the authority of his Christ has come for the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down who accuses them night and day before our God. Rome, uh, Revelation 12, 10. This is the defeat and the disarming of the rulers and authorities. Now in Christ, no accusations can stand against us. And this is a really, really, really big deal. Go to Romans. Go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Let's read a couple portions of scripture from there. Romans 8, 24 and 25. Romans 8, 24 and 25. For in this hope we have been saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope for who hopes for what he sees. But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. There's coming an end to all of this one day, he says. But what Christ has done in the meantime is take care of us and he's taking care of our adversary, the enemy. That doesn't mean everything is perfect. We see a situation in which Jesus dies for our sin and the curse of sin is broken. He sends us the Holy Spirit. He said he would in John chapter 14 and John 16 and also in Ephesians 1 chapter 13 where it would be the seal of our redemption, the seal uh, guaranteeing our redemption in the Holy Spirit. But the devil is still out there. He's still, the Bible says, seeking whom he may devour. He's like a roaring lion. But look at Romans chapter 8, 33 and 34. Romans chapter 8, 33 and 34 as we land this plane. Um, who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies, because he's the only one who can. He is the righteous judge. Verse 44, who is uh, to condemn? Um, Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, um, who was raised, who is at the right hand of the God, and what is the uh, right hand of God, and what is he doing? He's interceding for us, and that's repeated in Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 25 as well. He ever lives to intercede for us. It's beautiful. Listen to this. Neither man nor Satan can make a charge stick. They can accuse you all they want, but they can't make the charge stick. The legal case is closed. Christ is our righteousness. Our accuser is disarmed. If he tries to speak in the court of heaven, shame will cover his face. Oh, how bold and free we should be in the world as we uh, seek to serve Christ and love people, as we seek to serve Christ and love people, as we seek to serve Christ and love people. There is no condemnation, verse uh, chapter uh, Romans 8, 1, for those who are in Christ. Let us then turn away from the temptations of the devil. All he promises is lies and his power has been stripped away. Let me pray for us on this Friday. Numbers chapter 6, 24, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. Give you peace. God bless you. Have a great weekend until we talk again.